Hello there. What? <laughs> it's so bad. Who are you? <laughs> oh. Hello. <laughs> Oh, no. I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Think BBC. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Where's My Freaking Dressing Room? A podcast where we discuss the world of classical music and what things are really like backstage my name is helen and i'm alex and today we are talking about agents agents are a an interesting part of our industry Mm. um we're gonna have a little chat about the mysterious aura that kind of surrounds agents you can't just audition for an agent it's very hard to contact agents. Mm-hmm. Agents regularly do not contact you back. And so we're going to have a little bit of a chat about uh, some of these things. Um, we're also going to talk about for those terrific artists that, that are offered contracts with agents. It's it's often not good practice, but we're going to talk a little bit about being careful of what you accept, of really making sure that that offer works for you. Um, because yes, It's such a fantastic opportunity to be offered a position with an agent, but we also know some colleagues and friends where those those kind of first offers actually haven't worked with their best interests at heart. And that's what we want for you guys, the best possible deal Mm. with the best possible agent. Following that, we're going to talk (laughs) about a couple of... uh, well, I'm calling them horror stories. Yeah, let's call them that. Blood everywhere. But, you know... I think for a lot of us, we kind of see an agent as the almost the, the end game. And, you know, once you're with an agent, it's it's smooth sailing from there on in. But actually, that's not always necessarily the case. We're also going to have a little bit of a chat about where the, where the line kind of falls with an agent in terms of control of your output. You know, how... How does that work? Does the agent decide, you know, what video you're going to put out, what tweet you're going to put out, what post you're going to put out? Or is that something that that you still have control over? How does that kind of thing work? And then we're going to close up with that final and most important question. Do you even need an agent in this day and age? Uh, So, yeah, to kind of kick it all off, the mystery. (laughs) The real mystery surrounding agents. I think something that always kind of gets me is, Certainly where I am, uh, at the conservatoire I'm at, agents don't come to watch us. It's it's just part of the deal and that's fine. I've made my peace with that. It's really not the end of the world. However, for me, in the future, it might be something I would love, you know, to have an agent and how do I get myself in a position then to be seen by an agent? And, you know, for me, kind of the... The squaring of the circle is that surely I could just go and audition. Mm-hmm. Surely mm-hmm. I could just find a way to contact a, an agency, to contact a company, and maybe they hold bi-annual auditions or whatever, and I get put as part of that package. However, I'm afraid that is not the case. Nope. Uh, no, not in this country. Yeah. In, in the UK, no major agency holds open auditions and i'm not saying it has to be a free-for-all like maybe i put my cv in the ring and if they they think that that's a good cv i then get the opportunity to audition i'm not saying you know i'm not talking about it being uh, the x factor or something that would be funny what's your sob story (laughs) why haven't they thought about that actually Um, (laughs) but 
it seems a shame to me that auditions aren't something that are available here in the UK. Is that something that is an international thing? Like you, you can audition? In Germany and in Italy, yeah, they hold, oh. you get, well, I've seen opportunities arise where it says, oh, on this day you can submit videos right. to be considered to apply fully in person for yes. the audition day for said agency, which is... Which is healthy and normal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And considering we've all spent the last year making tons of videos, might not be a, a bad kind of format to adopt here in this country. You know, we've all got a lot of material ready mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, we're all in this time where people are talking about diversifying the industry and, and making the industry more open and accepting to everybody. But if our agents are only going to keep going to the same institutions, to the same performances, to the same opera houses, are you not kind of automatically narrowing that window or, you know, automatically narrowing that pool and, and the potential that you're missing something or someone for me, that's such a, that's such a shame. I obviously get that an agent wants to see you in performance and in context, you know, on stage with other people, uh, with an orchestra, blah, 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 and how you react to pressure and everything. And so therefore doesn't want to judge you just on an audition scenario because it's so different when you're on stage with other people. But at least that's a first glimpse of you. And then you can get the sort of rapport going. What I found was that there was a sense of, oh, I don't know if I can contact an agent because this is kind of an out-of-the-way fringe show and I'm embarrassed and, you know, I don't want to trapes across London or out of London see me, so I'm just not going to contact them at all. So, you know, I had a lot of, so many performances (laughs) that weren't seen by anyone because... I hadn't I hadn't built that rapport with them before. So, you know, who is this? Who is this amazing counter-tenor contacting me? They don't know me, do they? So why should they traipse, to, I don't know, to Manchester or across London see me? They won't. Um, and it, it would be great if, you know, you could have that audition scenario in order to get that first step. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think we're sitting here saying, off that one audition, you're signed. Oh my but gosh, no. Just to open the possibility of the pool of singers that you're looking at and... I think from my end, being at, at Trinity and, you know, everyone kind of talks about the, the big three London colleges, uh, I, I, you know, that frustrates me a lot, unsurprisingly. But wouldn't it be nice to think that there is this opportunity for us all to kind of work on a similar playing field, i.e. I can put forward my application to be seen by that agency. That's all I'm asking for, mm-hmm. just an opportunity to put my hat in the ring as opposed to it being this kind of closed door experience where it really is, you know, well, well, they'll decide who they come to see, they'll decide which kind of institutions they're part of. Because again, something that we've talked about before, how tough this industry is from the artist end of it and how you're so often at the control of other people. I just feel this is another scenario where the control is completely out of your hands and Mm. all I'm asking for as I said before is just that opportunity to put my hat in the ring yeah and one thing that I've that I found at music college was that say we had four performances of the opera for that term and there were two casts let's not call them cast A or cast B or cast one or cast two because they're both equal casts but cast red and cast yellow there we go run and eat it (laughs) and what what ended up happening sometimes was that a lot of agents 
or casting directors or whatever would come to the opening night because that's the big gala, fancy night where the college pumped in lots of money to make it look fancy and Champagne. had a drinks reception. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, and then therefore, the other cast ends up not having so many people watching yeah. them. Fine, that's that's how it works. Whatever. The reason why I'm saying this is because you wouldn't know who was there until, say, two weeks later when you got an email saying, by the way, just to let you know uh, that XYZ were there on Monday, blah, 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 were there on Tuesday, blah, 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 blah. There was never an opportunity to meet them afterwards or get any sort of feel. So therefore, after that sort of two-week hiatus, you then had to email if you managed to find out their email address somehow from someone else who knew it from someone else and say, hi, um... You may have saw me on Monday in the opera. I was dog number four. Uh, do you remember what my performance? <laughs> woof, woof. And, you know, it was so many weird hurdles to jump through. And I remember the the musical theatre department, they had an agent showcase. Uh, they knew exactly who was going to be there before. Uh, and then they all met them afterwards. And then three quarters of them got signed yeah. from that because they built up this report immediately i just don't know why it's so different absolutely and you're you're so right you know rapport is such a crucial thing it, it, it would seem i mean it absolutely is in terms of agents and having a relationship with an agent and for yeah for some reason we have these gatekeepers you're completely robbed of that opportunity and and that seems so counterintuitive to me because if this is the big opportunity this is you know the chance for you to kind of put yourself on a real professional standing mm. then why would you not want to be given the best opportunity in order to do that and i think because of this kind of attitude that we have towards agents because of this unusual relationship that we have with with agents in our industry i think it can mean that when artists and musicians are offered contracts with agencies which obviously is a fantastic kind of marker and a a fantastic opportunity I think we know a lot of friends and colleagues or we're aware of lots of friends and colleagues that have just snapped up Mm -hmm. that first opportunity because this is it this is the opportunity to go with an agent and once you're with an agent that is security and that is opportunity and that is the rest of my life done yeah however you know we're aware of friends and colleagues for whom that hasn't been the case and actually it's been essentially it's been the wrong fit Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that that is the nature of this business you know not every agent and not every artist will work well together and of course you might not necessarily know that upon the first couple of meetings however if you're able to kind of sit down and assess the contract in front of you or assess the person that is talking to you and having discussions with you and and if you're able to try and be shrewd about the business opportunity that's being put in front of you I do think you have the potential to save yourself perhaps a a very difficult relationship in in the long run I think I think that's a really good way of putting it a business opportunity you know it doesn't reflect what you're like as an artist in any way Absolutely i mean not. i suppose it's it's a stamp of recognition if you will that someone has said okay i want you on my roster but yeah. ultimately it's you entering into a contract Absolutely. with this person and company saying okay you are now in charge of my artistic output yeah which is a like That's a really madness. big deal if you're you know pride take pride in yourself as an artist as an individual and your voice is important also another good word that you said shrewd 
Um, <laughs> in terms of the so business contract, so loquacious, so <laughs> excellent. Take the time to carefully read through the fine print of the contract mm. because not that they want to screw you over. That's mm. that's not what they're doing at all. And we're not saying that. We're not saying these are evil people at all. But I had a friend who signed with an agency and then it turned out that they were giving quite big commissions mm. uh, for totally unrelated music work yeah. that they were doing to the agent, even though the agents obviously had no hand in finding that work for them. And it's simply because they hadn't bothered to read through the contract and they just snapped up the first offer that had come through to them and they hadn't had a sort of back and forth, yeah. I suggest this, you suggest this, we counter with that. Mm. And it was really awkward. Of course. And, yeah. you know, they felt so like oh my God, but what if I lose my agent and then I'll be screwed and my name will be blacklisted forever? It's like, oh, that's like, that's terrible for you. I think something else on on similar lines is being aware of the roster that you're about to become a part of, because I also know of of friends and colleagues that joined, but almost no work Mm -hmm. was put their way because there were other people on that roster that were taking these opportunities. And of course, you know, the agent's job is to to work with their various artists and, and offer that. And I felt, I felt for this person because they'd signed with a great agency and that's so, so exciting. But actually they were still doing a huge amount of the work in terms of bringing in their own personal engagements. But as you say just there, the agent was taking cuts and commissions on all of this work that they'd brought in themselves. And that mm. is, that is part of the, agreement that you walk into that's part of the contract that you signed and I yeah I I felt for that person because I think yeah and and actually it's quite smoothly leads us into this following point that we wanted to make I think often we see agencies as the goal Mm. and we see people that sign with agencies as like oh my goodness you've made it and now that you have an agent you can stop worrying about finding work because that's your agent's job and they're going to just throw you work and you won't be able to cope with the amount of work you're going to receive but actually that's not the case Mm. and and you know yes agents are amazing in terms of opening doors Mm -hmm. and putting you you know in the same way that you're trying to get in front of an agent an agent can get you in front of various opera companies various concert halls um all these kinds of things that you know we want to be doing as artists and musicians but it, it doesn't just mean that it's plain sailing and you know Alex and I again have friends and colleagues that have been in difficult positions with agents you know a a, a colleague was doing a lot of uh, recitals and oratorio based work and a little bit of work in in various opera houses and their agent um, was regularly coming to these performances and actually being rather critical of those performances afterwards and it's a double-edged sword isn't it really because yes you want your agent to help and if your mm-hmm. agent's trying to yes yes exactly if your agent's trying to make you a better artist and trying to make you uh, more employable to whatever that next career step is then then maybe that's not a bad thing however i think night after night if you're just receiving criticism and critique from this one person that can be incredibly demoralizing that can mm-hmm. be incredibly demotivating and that relationship between said artist and agent didn't end very well because it was so well it was unhealthy really Negative. and and yeah. in a way 
I, th I believe it's the agent's responsibility to know the artist that they're working with and to know to know whether the artist is okay to take constant criticism exactly. and critique no. day after day after day. Now, there are some agents and artists that are able to take critique and criticism and actually, you know, they kind of feed off that and they improve quite quickly off that and it, and it makes them bigger and better. However, there are other artists that that don't respond well to that mm, kind of mm -hmm. constant critique and criticism and essentially that's what that relationship was and as i say yeah it, it didn't end very well and it didn't end very positively so i wish there was a way we could not like debunk the myth of agents but we do we look at it as the real kind of marker of the professional career but mm -hmm. in actuality it's it's another tangle in the wire sometimes it's just one person's opinion isn't it it's another opinion yeah in a sea of opinions and as a individual artist you will have polar opinions about you right oh no i literally have no idea what you've just tried to say as an individual artist you'll have polar opinions about you <laughs> you know as an artist you need to decide what direction you want to go in and what you're ready for so for example Something that Helen said earlier was about, you know, being aware of where you are in the roster of other singers mm. for said agent. Often for countertenors, for example, mm. there are two kinds of countertenor with the agency. You know, the older, more established one and, you know, the young little upstart. The young Ooh. buck. <laughs> yeah, who might, you know, will do maybe smaller secondary roles in handle operas or whatever. Nirena. <laughs> Just Nirena. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and they'll always push for their older, more established one to be doing the main roles. But maybe you're at the stage where you want to do those bigger roles, but maybe in smaller, lesser known houses. So, you know, if you are with an agency as the second young upstart, for example, then you're shutting that door to yourself really i mean uh, maybe i'm i'm sure so many agents are going to get in contact and say that i'm, I'm talking absolutely rubbish here, but i don't think i am if that's what you want to do and what you need to do in order to get stage experience behind you so that you're more confident then you know you can do that and i think it's 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 so hard to know you know what the right move is you know versus uh, go, going with that offer perhaps with a bigger agency or or looking towards a smaller agency because, you know, they're going to put you higher up their roster. I mean, it is, it's that kind of a uh, big fish, small pond mm. kind of analogy. And th there are, there are all kinds of, of options available. And really, you know, when you're making these decisions, I think so much of it is about, I mean, this is my personal opinion, but I think it's really important to have a team of people that are close around you that know you very well. And that you're able to kind of sound off when various ideas and things come your way. So, I mean, hilariously, yes, Alex is probably one of those people for me. But really, <laughs> he's a joke. Don't do it. But I'm sure for any artist, uh, you know, you have your confidants. And they might be in different areas. You might have somebody that you want to kind of talk to about your, I don't know, Baroque music making. Mm. And then there might be somebody that you want to talk to about your weird contemporary stuff that you're doing. And then there might be somebody that you know just loves German leader. And so you might have them to talk to about that kind of artistic music making. But in terms of, in terms of that, you've then got this kind of bed of people that understand you as a musician and your various music making styles. And so I think when these offers of agents come in 
it can it can be helpful to go to these people to your sounding boards and be like is this the right move now obviously you probably in your heart and your core have a, an opinion mm-hmm. but i i'm a bit i'm a big person for asking other people's opinions on everything <laughs> because i can't make up my mind on stuff myself but i i appreciate alternative opinions so that i can assess from a couple of different angles what my options are and then i can kind of make the final decision and i definitely think in terms of what Alex was just referring to there, i.e. the the big agent versus the small agent. That's a really, really hard choice Mm -hmm, to weigh mm up. But if you're able to chat to your sounding board, to those people that know you well and that might feel able to to advise you, I I think that that is is incredibly helpful. And, And just a quick extra point on that. I'm also aware of kind of friends that have signed with agents that have kind of immediately heard their voices and been like, you're Wagner or, you know, you're Bach. And and they're almost immediately pigeonholing 100%. these artists. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be tricky again because A, said singer might not be feeling ready for Wagner. Mm-hmm. Uh, said singer might not want to only be a Bach singer. And so you've you've got to kind of navigate those tricky waters of, well, yes, I think this agent might be good for me, but I am slightly concerned that they only think that this is this is who I am and yeah, thi- and yeah. this is my artistic output and in in those two cases I am aware that that it was about really clear and open communication and those artists talked quite openly like I'm I'm delighted to hear that you think I'm a good uh, Bach singer having said that these are other projects and other things that I'm really interested in and that really kind of fire me up as an artist so I'm hoping we can find ways of incorporating more of that and similarly the you know the other person the the Wagner they were kind of like that's incredible that you see that for me I don't feel ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. And so in, in keeping that open communication, actually, I think they kind of encouraged far healthier relationships in terms of the opportunities that were put forward to them, in terms of things that they were doing them, themselves. And um, yeah, I, I, I would say when I think about the differences between the positive and negative agent artist relationships I'm aware of, that clear and open communication thing is yeah. just absolutely key. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thanks to COVID, you know, we've all had so much time now to get our internet presence ready, to make videos, to do all of this and that and prepare our CVs nah, 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 and do lots of research. We can kind of be our own agents to some extent nowadays. I mean, we we can. We are all things to all people we are. at all times. But no, but but genuinely, you know, everything is available online to us now. Someone you know will have someone's email address. There are so many avenues for you to get in contact with people and for us to, you know, make that first step and put ourselves in a position to be heard by someone, uh, by a conductor, by a director, by an opera house or something. So therefore, agents maybe aren't the be all and end all anymore it's a tough world isn't it and yes as you say you know the pandemic we did we lost hazard chase Mm -hmm. and nobody wants to see that and i had good friends that work there and nobody wants to see people go into kind of redundancies and job loss and all this kind of it's terrible Uh, yeah i i agree with the question you know these days we, we are able to kind of directly communicate I do remember you mentioning in the European opera houses. Yeah, it's a bit different in Italy, that's true. My friend from Italy was saying how if I were to say just email an opera house or a director or a conductor out the blue, even with fantastic videos, whatever, 
I will get no response at all and they will just chuck me in the bin of their email because... Uh, well, for many reasons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from the bad singing to... <laughs> well, quite. Um, unless it comes from an agency. Yeah. Unless the recommendation is from a viable agency in Italy. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it makes it absolutely impossible, unless you're on the roster of the few agencies in Italy, to get any work at all. Which is ridiculous and it seems ridiculous. mental. Yeah. And I'm glad it's not like that at all in this country. Yeah. And that's, you know... We, we are encouraged to a large extent, I think, to be proactive and to f- make our own connections. I've used the term double-edged sword in this episode. And I really think agents, in a way, are this kind of double-edged sword. They're, there are things that they can do for you. They can open these doors. They can offer you for opportunities that you didn't consider for yourself or, or artistic directions that maybe you didn't even think you would go in. But actually, now that you've seen it, you're like, oh, yes, this is me. This this is something that I, I think I can do and, and do well. And so there are major benefits to having agents. On the converse of that, though, there are drawbacks to having agents. And I think we've we've touched on a couple of those drawbacks, you know, in terms of having difficult relationships, perhaps us seeing agents as kind of the, the pinnacle of our career, but actually finding out that it's just simply another kind of stepping stone mm-hmm. and it's and it's another perhaps tricky relationship that one needs to to navigate and if you're an artist and you're creating output and there is potentially some control of that output that's a big kind of thing that you have to to think about and to wrestle with and again we're back on this double-edged sword idea yes there are benefits to having somebody kind of almost curating your output with you and controlling that output because they're able to kind of say you know is this what you're trying to say? Does this look right? Is this the image that you want to go for? Are we sure about that? But on the other hand, perhaps you don't want somebody Mm -hmm. questioning all those decisions. Perhaps you just want to be able to kind of freely let you be you. And and in many ways, if that is how you feel, you've then got to question, well, why do you need an agent Mm -hmm. at all? You know, if you just want to do your own thing, put your output out, you know, however you decide, then, then this person that's kind of being like, are you sure? Are you sure? Well, are you sure you want that agent? I, I don't sure? know. Yeah. And of course, some agents don't even control output. Which is curious. Every agency is completely different. Kind of depends on who's running them. Kind of depends on the size of the house. But for some agencies, it really is very controlled. And they are kind of having multiple conversations about all the different kinds of output that their artists are creating. and, and Tweets, and, and making, whatever. Whatever yeah. small thing. Instagram posts, videos, YouTube, you name it. Mm-hmm. It's being discussed and curated by the artist and the agent. However, you've got other agencies where they don't mind. And they'll let you put whatever you want out. Now, I think that's interesting because in a way, every artist represents their agency and if that agency is happy for any and all content to go out uh you know it it, you could argue both sides couldn't you because one you know yes the artist is speaking for themselves but two what if you don't like the output and that uh, that output then represents you Mm -hmm. it's um it's a a funny little dichotomy i think oh nice dichotomy that's the thing once you're once you're entered into the business contract with an agent whatever you put out is representative of both parties not just one anymore absolutely so yeah as as you've said very nicely and i'm just going to repeat because i like the sound of my voice you know it's odd when you see a hyper controlling or 
are hyper like not caring unaware and you're like why did you allow that artist to keep that video up yeah it's unacceptably bad and of Sorry. Course, yeah. but that's just my opinion <laughs> <laughs> but we are we're in we're in the age of video too mm. so you know the the pandemic has meant all of these videos you know it's it's not now the case that the performance happens and then we never see it again it's like the video is up forever uh, yeah it's a it's a curious curious thing and it and it leads us back to that kind of final question that we're going to put out there today that idea of whether you need an agent or not mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. as you were saying and i think particularly in this country the portfolio career is the option for the artist and we are encouraged to make our own connections as best as we can and make our own opportunities as we need to and with those things in mind yeah you have to consider the necessity of the agent because to what extent are you able to kind of do those things yourself now of course no no one person can open every single door yeah, i'm not insane but i i just wonder if they're going to become irrelevant i really uh, yeah, do yeah it's it's you know when hazard chase went yeah. bust there was a lot written well not a lot who am i kidding uh, like one or two articles <laughs> written about like the redundancy of yeah. agents from now on it's like yeah that was that was a good read having come from arts admin i know lots of people that kind of work in in the various organizations i i see a greater need for agents in terms of uh maybe like orchestras and like you know if you're trying to curate like a tour around japan or something like that then yes that's quite hard as a as an orchestra and and to have assistance and somebody kind of guiding you through that process i i do see a need for that however if you're talking again it depends on the kind of career you want say i just want to be a a nice little classical singer that does her work in the UK and you know a couple of gigs a month I don't know do I need an agent for that uh, probably not probably just try and sort of <laughs> listen to me <laughs> probably not I literally uh, I... would take the first <laughs> call snap up that like, up oh my up. gosh ask us yes uh, sure. 100% yeah of course <laughs> take all of the money yeah no props but you know what I'm trying to say I think agents are such an interesting part of our world and they are as we were saying before ever mysterious you know if you're at sometimes you're at shows and you see a couple of people that you perhaps know that work for the various industries and they're kind of you know slinking about drinking a martini making opinionated comments and you're like oh you're a bit of the industry that's a bit stressful. That's the thing. And also you see people sidling up to them and being yes. like, oh, hi. Oh, sorry. I spilled your martini over you. Let me buy you another one. <laughs> oh, we're in conversation now. Hi, here's yeah. my card. Yeah. And you know, it's it's really, it's that it's that playing the game and schmoozing, which yeah. some people are just so good at. And some people are so bad at. Mm-hmm. Hi. <laughs> so we made a podcast instead to talk about it. <laughs> anyway. We'd be very curious to hear what your thoughts are on the classical music agency world. Please get in touch. You can contact us via our website. Alex, what's the address? It's www.wheresmyfreakingdressingroom.com. We also have an email address. Alex, what's that? Oh my gosh, me again. It's wheresmyfreakingdressingroom at gmail.com. We also have... Uh, Instagram and Facebook and things which Helen's now going to tell you wow uh, we're on Facebook forward slash dressing room pod we're on Twitter at dressing room po1 and we're on Instagram at dressing room pod give us a review give us a subscribe because why wouldn't you want to know every time we release another cracker of an episode without further ado bye bye <laughs> 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 <laughs>